Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you are involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today we're going to be talking about, about a very important topic, nuclear disarmament. My guest speaker is an expert on this topic. Ms. Isumi Nakamitsu assumed her position as United Nations Undersecretary General and High Representative for Disarmament Affairs on the 1st of May in 2017. Prior to taking on this post, Ms. Nakamitsu served as Assistant Administrator of the Crisis Response Unit at the United Nations Development Program for three years. Madam Undersecretary General Nakamitsu, welcome to today's Global Connections Program. Thank you very much. I've been looking forward to this, um, Bill, if I may. Um, yes, please. Yes, nice to be here with you. Well, I appreciate it. And why don't we start off with just a very basic question. What is the purpose of the Office for Disarmament Affairs? What is its mission? Yes, um, Office for Disarmament Affairs. Um, original mandate came uh, from the uh, second special session on disarmament of the General Assembly, and that was in 1982. And then it became the sort of current form uh, of ODA in 1998. You know, it had different names over different times. Uh, sometimes it's called department. Now we're called UN Office for Disarmament Affairs. The mission is basically to work with and support member states, United Nations member states, to develop, negotiate, and also implement various uh, disarmament agreements. Um, and it goes across from weapons of mass destruction, nuclear weapons, to conventional weapons. And in recent years, uh, we really work on um, some of the new technologies um, uh, issues as well. So it is to support and work with member states on uh, disarmament and international security issues. Yes. Now, as I recall, there are nine nuclear states and around 13,000 nuclear weapons in the world today and millions upon millions of small arms. But why is it important we focus on these issues and give more discussion to them and to try to come to some conclusion or to help to reduce this threat? Well, I mean, simply put, uh, it is important because it is uh, about our common security. Um, disarmament is about international security. Um, states, member states coming together and, and discuss and, and form a common uh, positions and uh, agree on how to reduce the risks posed by those weapons uh, and move towards a, a reduction of armaments. In some areas, um, you know, we really aspire to eliminate uh, weapons of mass destruction. It is all because it is about our security. Mm -hmm. Let's focus a moment just on nuclear weapons, if we could. I know the United Nations, as I recall, has a policy, hopefully for the total elimination 
of nuclear weapons. What is the status of that and how can we reach that goal? Yes, this, um, you know, uh, achieving a world free of nuclear weapons still remains a, a shared objective of the entire United Nations member states. Um, but uh, the reality of today, uh, I think uh, you can see uh, in the news that uh, the risk of nuclear weapons actually being used potentially is um, at the highest since the peak of the Cold War. Um, the, the Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine really put um, very vividly that uh, nuclear weapons are actually not the relics from the past, but it is a real uh, issue uh, still uh, posing existential threats to humankind. Um, so the reality today is that it is, um, you know, a quite a risky, very dangerous uh, situation unfolding in front of us. But that means that um, we have to work even harder to return to the disarmament path. Are there any incentives that can be offered to, first off, to countries that are non-nuclear today, not to go nuclear? Secondly, to countries that are nuclear to reduce and or eliminate their nuclear stockpile? I think there are some uh, very strong arguments and incentives. Um, I mean, one uh, definitely is that um, it is for our security, as I said. Um, if um, you know member states were to go into unlimited, unrestricted arms race dynamics, uh, it will backfire on everyone's security, including those states that um, that might plan to increase nuclear arsenals. So I think there is a very clear logic and incentive that um, if we want to be safe and secure. Uh, it is better to reduce the weapons and then eliminate, you know, try to achieve the elimination of those weapons. And um, another very strong incentive is the humanitarian consequences of a potential use of nuclear weapons. I think this is something that really um, attracted a lot of attention uh, amongst the uh, um, UN member states and also in the context of a non-proliferation treaty review conference. Um, if this kind of weapon is actually used, no one will be able to respond to a catastrophic humanitarian consequences that also uh, provides a very strong reason why we need to uh, pursue elimination of nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. there, you, you just reminded me there's been a lot of debate, I know in the United States and around the world in many countries, about adopting a government adopting a no first strike policy. Would that help maybe alleviate some of the concerns about uh, having some type of a nuclear accident or something like that? Yes, you know, this uh, policy of uh, or doctrine of uh, no first use of nuclear weapons, it's been discussed over years. And from a technical point of view, there are a lot of, you know, um, conditions attached uh, to, to, to these, uh, uh, um, you know, declarations. Um, but um, as the Secretary General of the United Nations uh, said at the opening session of the MPT review conference this year, um, if no, no country uses nuclear weapons, uh, you know, first, then obviously it should not be used. So in a way, it, it will be a common sense approach to um, addressing nuclear weapons risk. Of course, it will have to be also coupled with uh, transparency measures that uh, what they declare as a policy of non-first use 
who are actually be you know, um, um, visibly sort of uh, verifiable uh, through various uh, transparency measures. So it will have to be a package of those uh, uh, various declarations, policies, and, and doctrines. But in our view, uh, it would definitely make sense that all countries um, adopt a, a policy of no first use. You just mentioned the NPT, and I'm so glad you did, the Non-Proliferation Treaty. This is a treaty that's been in force for decades now. How important is it as far as helping to achieve this reduction of nuclear arms and to encourage non-nuclear states to not go nuclear? Well, I mean, we consider this um, NPT as the cornerstone of nuclear disarmament uh, regime. Um, so it is hugely important. Um, it has three pillars, um, you know, of course, nuclear disarmament uh, and nuclear non-proliferation and peaceful uses of nuclear technology. Um, it is important, um, particularly because uh, uh, five nuclear weapon states under the NPT actually has a legally binding obligations to pursue uh, a nuclear disarmament. And it is the only treaty um, that we have at the moment that binds nuclear weapon states to pursue disarmament. Um, so it still is a, a very important a cornerstone treaty uh, of all uh, a nuclear disarmament uh, various instruments. It certainly is. It has been there for decades and we hopefully the member states will participate more in it in the future. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with some type of a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you have a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows, and you would like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're talking about the threat of nuclear, nuclear weapons and small arms. My guest is an expert on these topics. Ms. Izumi Nakamitsu assumed the position as United Nations Undersecretary General and High Representative for Disarmament Affairs in May of 2017. Madam Undersecretary General, we're talking about nuclear arms, incentivizing countries not to develop nuclear weapons, that type of thing. But one of the concerns has been that there's been a lack of trust, I guess confidence building would be a better way to put it. Nothing is ever 100% guaranteed, but are there forces in place? Are there programs and policies that can be brought to bear if countries did start to reduce their nuclear stockpiles or even eliminate them, make sure that there was no cheating or something of that nature? Uh, yes, in, in all of the uh, disarmament instruments, uh, but in particular nuclear fields, um, you know, this uh, famous uh, word, trust but verify, um, is uh, an important concept. Um, you know, of course, there have to be constant engagement and dialogues. Um, you know, building confidence is, is important for, you know, any issues, but in particular uh, about international security issues. Um, and um, once there is a, a agreement 
um, whether that is, uh, you know, uh, bilateral arrangement or multinational arrangement, um, it is really important to make sure that those parties uh, to that agreement are actually uh, complying with the obligations. And that's where the verification um, comes into play. Um, so, you know, building trust, yes, and making sure that, you know, good, workable, effective verification mechanisms exist is key to implementing disarmament agreements. It certainly is. There's no doubt about that. Yes. Well, we've been talking about nuclear arms. Let's shift gears for a moment and talk about small arms. They are not quite as lethal, I guess. Um, maybe that's a misstatement on my part, but they are certainly, they can be very lethal and they're dangerous. What has developed in the this uh, situation of trying to reduce small arms and to control them to some degree? Yes, um, you know, it might not, the small arms and light weapons, they might not look so scary or dangerous um, compared to nuclear weapons or other types of um, um, weapons of mass destruction. But actually, in reality, uh, small arms are the, the, you know, the weapons that are continuing to kill people on the ground, um, not just in the conflict situations or post-conflict situations, uh, but it is often used in, you know, criminal, violent criminal activities, including uh, domestic violence as well. So it is a huge concern of international uh, community. Um, and the, the United Nations actually do have a, a, a program of action on small arms and light weapons. They regularly meet. Uh, they come up with their strategies to actually reduce the, the, the threats posed by those small weapons. Um, and, and I think um, this, this is an area where we are continuing to see some progress. Um, they met um, uh, in New York uh, this past uh, summer, and then they are able to actually uh, come up with, uh, um, you know, strong uh, agreements on, for example, gender dimensions to be reflected better, uh, more training opportunities uh, made available to various states. So it is a priority agenda for us. Yes, and our viewers, if they would like more information on these topics we're discussing today, they can go to your website at www.un.org backslash disarmament to get more information and to see just a tremendous reservoir of information about these very, very dangerous and important issues that we all need to be more aware of. We've been talking about the issues, and we all have a stake in this. Obviously, if there were some type of a nuclear exchange, even if it were accidental or whatever, the whole planet could be adversely affected by it. So it's extremely important. But there are two groups that so often we don't hear enough about as far as their involvement. What role do you see for women and youth in helping to make us aware of these problems and to get involved in helping to develop solutions to some very, very tricky uh, problems that are not, in some cases, easy to solve? Yes, wonderful question. You know, actually, uh, throughout the history of disarmament movements, women actually played a really important role. I mean, even going back to uh, some of the old treaties like partial test fund treaty, um, you know, that was in the middle of the Cold War, um, you know, the reason why that was possible only a year after Cuba Missile Crisis was because of women um, around the world, especially mothers uh, around the world, 
um, really voicing their concerns and anger uh, about repeated uh, uh, nuclear tests um, conducted in, in you know, atmosphere, uh, etc. Um, more recently, of course, in the nuclear field, um, the, the famous uh, treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons, uh, women again played a key role uh, in civil society. So, and, and there are many other examples of women actually uh, uh, making sure that some of the conventional weapons, inhumane conventional weapons like uh, anti-personnel landmine uh, or the cluster bombs, uh, those things will be prohibited. So women always played a, a key role. Um, they have the power to move public opinions uh, and that would then uh, move governments and governments get together to negotiate disarmament agreements. So key, uh, what we would like to see more is that women will also be uh, much more um, uh, prominently uh, um, participating in the actual negotiations uh, and in particular leadership role. And we are definitely working on that. Is there a role for youth? Uh, and by youth, that could that could range from anyone, I guess, from 16 to uh, whatever, 30, 40, that uh, long in there. Absolutely. Um, you know, especially this uh, treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons, uh, many of the activists uh, who made that possible were, in fact, young people. Um, you know, a little bit like in the climate movement, uh, we at the United Nations believe that when it comes to security uh, of the planet and security of human beings, uh, this is also current day challenges, but also it's a future challenges. So young people really should be at the center, front and center of, 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 uh, of this work. And that is why we are prioritizing uh, at the UN ODA, um, you know, we created a flagship activity called Youth for Disarmament and engaging with uh, uh, young people from around the world, help them, uh, you know, uh, network, but also equip them with uh, substantive knowledges and, and, and skills that they need. So indeed, young people really should be at the, the center of this work. Now, technology, as we see, is accelerating at a very rapid pace. We're also seeing an exploration of outer space that's intensifying somewhat. Are you concerned about these two issues as they come together? Uh, is there something that we can do to make sure that the technology is used for peaceful purposes as opposed to some bellicose activity? Absolutely. Um, a lot of uh, work is being done um, at the UN uh, focusing on these issues. And, and it has actually become almost a, um, you know, a current uh, challenges. Um, there is a, a linkages that we, we really need to understand between those new technologies, whether that is cyber technologies or artificial intelligence or any other technologies, and also new domains, cyberspace and, and outer space. Um, these, um, you know, these domains will have to remain a peaceful domain, um, not to be a domain for uh, potential conflict and war. Uh, and those new technologies really um, needs to be, uh, um, you know, uh, something that will benefit the humankind and not negatively uh, impacting the international security. So there are multilateral processes uh, starting uh, that have started some time ago. Um, member states are 
discussing various aspects in the cyber field. There is uh, multilateral discussions taking place to, to make sure that there's stronger norms um, and outer space uh, norms of responsible behavior in outer space is taking place. Um, and, um, you know, lethal autonomous weapon systems, uh, the application of autonomy and artificial intelligence in weapon systems that is being discussed also. So I think this is a new area um, that is really uh, important for, for our security. And uh, we need to absolutely work hard and, and speed up the work to develop uh, uh, good norms um, to, to prevent uh, uh, catastrophic impacts in, in our security fields. Well, the United Nations system has come together over the decades, really since 1945, maybe even earlier than that, to some degree, to bring together the parties and to develop the mechanisms and the treaties to promote a peaceful use of nuclear technology, the reduction of arms and those types of things. Are there some successes in this area? Do you see areas where we're actually being successful? I know it's not 100% at this point, and it, hopefully someday it will be. But are there some areas that we're being uh, successful in helping to deal with these problems? Well, I think, yes. I mean, in you know, most of disarmament agreements um, have a, a, a good um, agreements uh, on international cooperation. So we look at where we need to regulate and control. Um, and we need to also look at how states can cooperate. Um, in terms of making sure uh, the agreements are implemented and, and the technologies are, um, you know, utilized for peaceful purposes. So indeed, um, you know, this is one very important aspect and, and almost all disarmament agreements actually incorporates uh, that sort of uh, thinking. Now, we've talked about some very, very important topics today. And again, I just want to remind our viewers if they'd like more information, they can go to www.un.org backslash disarmament and tap into some very good reports and an update on all these very complex issues. But Madam Undersecretary General, in our last minute and a half, let me ask you, as you look at the field today, what, what recommendations would you make to our viewers and to the 193 countries of the United Nations General Assembly and anyone else who has an interest and should have it? interest in this topic in helping us to deal with these issues and to help create a better world and a less dangerous world? Yes. Um, one thing is that, um, you know, we all know that we are going through a very uh, difficult paradigm shift. Geopolitical tensions are rising and, and, and generally speaking, uh, a lot of divisions and, and difficult disagreements all around us. Uh, but I think it is important to really understand because of those situations, not despite these, dis uh, these situations, but because of these difficulties, we um, understand um, now more than ever why we need to, to maintain engagement and dialogue, multilateral discussions and negotiations, and uh, understand that disarmament has always been um, a, a security instrument. It is not something, um, you know, about idealistic uh, uh, world, um, you know, we, we create a utopian uh, uh, world, but it is actually uh, to help our security. Um, so if we can understand that um, very practically, 
then we better understand why we need to work together. Um, and we need to over, we need to try and overcome the divisions and, and disagreements because it will help us help all of us uh, in our security. So each each and every one of us understand that, uh, and countries actually understand that and, and continue engagements. I think uh, will um, you know sooner rather than later uh, yield some uh, good results. It's all about making our world a safer and more secure place. It certainly is. There's no doubt about it. And we all have a stake in this. All 8 billion people on planet Earth, and not to mention all the other living organisms that are on our planet. But we must learn more about these important issues. And we must get involved. And we must help the media get the word out to us as to how important they are. And we all have to move the ball forward. But Under Secretary General Nakamitsu, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Thank you very much, Bill. Great to see you. Great to see you. Thank I'm you. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television. <laughs>